welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd, and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church community here in Yankton, South Dakota. I just want to say thank you for joining us. It's my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. The year was 1961. The United States of America was embroiled in a cold war with the Soviet Union. There was an overwhelming sense of fear, doubt, and mistrust. You see, four years earlier, the Soviets shocked the world by launching the first satellite, Sputnik, into space. Everyone in the world could hear its signal, which only increased the fear. Good thing we've gone past that now, huh? We don't, we don't get nervous about flying things in the sky anymore, do we? <laughs> April 12, 1961, the Soviets launched the first human into space. The U.S. space program at that point was pathetic and far behind, and now the gap seemed to get only increase. But yet a few short weeks later, on May 25, 1961, President John F. Kennedy stood before a joint session of Congress. He cast vision for the United States to be the leader in space exploration. He then issued his now famous national goal that before this decade is out, we would land a man on the moon and return him safely to the earth. I just have to say it that way. Can't you hear Kennedy saying it that way, right? Kennedy said this, No single project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important. But he didn't gloss over the challenges either. He said, and none will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish. Kennedy's vision galvanized the nation, directed national resources, and put the best people to work on this great achievement. Over 400,000 people worked for the Apollo space program at a cost of over $2.5 billion in 1960s money. It was very difficult, very expensive, just like Kennedy said. From the astronauts to the engineers, all the way down to the custodians, they all worked with one single goal. Before the end of the decade, put a man on the moon and return him safely to the earth. One custodian was training a new hire and he told him, listen, you're not mopping a floor, you're putting a man on the moon. See the vision there? See, the vision struck further in the national heart on November 1963 when Kennedy was assassinated. The goal was no longer about making America the world leader. It would now honor Kennedy's legacy. And then, on July 20th, 1969, Neil Armstrong walked on the surface of the moon while the entire world watched. And on July 24th, Neil, Buzz, and Michael splashed down in the ocean, completing the goal that Kennedy had set. Now, why do I tell you that, church? Why do I show you that video of that guy from five years ago? standing in an archery complex in a little classroom with a group of people. And some of you were in that room, and some of you remember that. I want to say to you again the words of John Kennedy. No single project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important. And it will be difficult and expensive to accomplish. But I want people in our community to meet Jesus. And the way we're going to do that is because we're going to live like Jesus. It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. (laughs) It doesn't mean we're always going to get it right. But I can't think of anything more important or impactful to mankind 
than building God's kingdom in our community. And that is our focus of our church today. It's been our focus since the beginning. And part of this series that we're in, if you're a guest, we're so glad you're joining us for Jordan River Rules, this campaign that we're having. And part of what we're doing is we're kind of looking back at the history of our church the last five years and, and building that together. And this series really has three parts to it. And all three of these parts are so absolutely vital to the life of our church and to the vision that God's trying to do in our church. And the first one you're doing right now, every Sunday we're going to gather here together and we're going to talk about Jordan River rules. And last week we unpacked the first rule. But the second part of this is so vitally important and I cannot overstate it, is to be part of a life group. Every Monday and Tuesday night here at Cheers Pizza Plus at 6.30, we're going to have a group of people come and they're going to unpack this week's message together. And I'm asking that every person that's part of our church be part of that a life group just for this short period of time. And if those are days and times don't work for you, let me know what do because we can start that to help with that. But the third piece of it is our, we've been talking about our Connect and Celebrate. And Hope and Andy did such a great job of walking us through that. I want everybody to get signed up for that. If you haven't yet, please do it. And if you are signed up for it, you can take out your phones like Andy said. And that number, that Connect and Celebrate, text the word Jordan River Rules and you're going to be subscribed to that for our series. And all of this is leading up to a moment. It's going to be April 2nd, which is going to be, wait for a church, our fifth anniversary from the launch of our church. Amen? Amen. All right. It gets a little better every week, but we're going to keep trying. <laughs> and and, and I'm, be, I'm kidding, but I'm not. Like, I'm really jacked up about it because God's doing some cool stuff. There's some cool things planned. I'm not going to share it all right now, um, what we're going to be doing that weekend, but part of it is kind of what you just saw. Uh, we're kind of digging back in the archives a little bit to our early days because many of you weren't there um, during that time. So for some of you who were, it's going to be a nice little memory. Um, we're having conversations. There might be some people that might be coming back for that weekend that maybe have moved away. I don't want to promise anything, but we're just talking about that. And, and it's going to be a really big deal because I think it's not just about our church. It's not just about five years of what God's doing. It's going to be a moment for our church. It's going to be the, our Jordan River moment, if you were to celebrate that. And not only is that the fifth anniversary weekend of Celebrate Church, we mentioned this before, it's going to be Wait for Church, the second anniversary of Cheers Pizza Plus. Amen. I think that might have got a bigger cheer, but I'm not keeping score, just so you know. But, uh, but it, this great, awesome place that God has given us. And I mentioned this last week, and I forgot to bring the card up with me, so I want to bring it back. Cheers Pizza Plus right now has this 25 pizza challenge. Started February. You can do all 25 pizzas in 90 days. I've got three of them on my card already, okay? Because I, I, yeah, you don't need, need to give me an excuse to eat their pizza anyway, all right? But I'm just going to encourage you, like, if you haven't been here for a while, this would be a good time to come. And you might say, like I said last week, uh, there might be some pizzas on there you don't like. Well, it's not about you. <laughs> and maybe there's somebody that does like that that you know that you can invite them to come and enjoy a slice of pizza and be part of that. And, and why we promote that? Because we appreciate what Cheers is doing and, and the vision of this. this is, we're going to talk about this today. This is so much bigger than just a restaurant. It's so much bigger than just a church. There's a, there's a ministry that's going on here. So again, if, if you're a guest or watching online, um, we last week we opened this up with our Jordan River rules. And each week we're going to unpack one of these rules. And the first Jordan River rule we did last week is move forward. Say it with me, church. That was pretty good, all right. And if you missed it, I encourage you to go to our website, yankton.church, our podcast, and watch that and catch up on it. But God designed us to move forward. That's why little kids never stop moving. They're always moving all the time because that's how God designed us to move forward. 
That's why when God made human beings, he put us with eyes in the front of our head, not the back of our head. God wants us to move forward because you can't move forward until you leave the past behind. And that's what we talked about last week. So today, we're going to talk about rule number two. And to help us set this up, we need to understand that rule number two has to do with the one thing that sets human beings apart. It's what John Kennedy did in 1961. It's what this pastor did in 2018 at the Archery Complex. It's what so many of us have done. One of the distinctive characteristics that God uniquely gave to human beings is imagination. The ability to see something that doesn't yet exist. The fact that human beings look at the moon and say, why can't we go there? I don't think grasshoppers do that, all right? I don't think grasshoppers look at the moon and go, oh, I'd like to go there something. Maybe they do. I don't know. But imagination is something that makes us uniquely human. It's something that God gave us. In fact, there's some great people that have some great dreams that have been fulfilled. For example, on December 15, 1966, a man named Walt Disney died. Walt Disney was one of the most famous imagineers of his time. And he went around and he brought, bought up all this swampland in Florida, and construction on Walt Disney World actually began the year after Walt's death. I don't know if you knew that, 1967. When Walt Disney World opened in 1971, a person came to Walt Disney's widowed and remarked, Boy, don't you wish Walt could have been here to see this? To which she responded, He did see it. See, he wasn't there physically, but he saw it in his imagination. He imagined. He looked at the swampland in Florida. If you've ever been to Walt Disney World, you know. It's like, you have to have a pretty good imagination to see Disney World. And yet he saw that, and it became part of it. On January 9, 2007, Steve Jobs, the former head and founder of Apple, announced a product which would combine three products into one, a phone, an iPod, and a computer, into one device he called an iPhone. Steve Jobs actually died just four years after, on October 5th, 2011. And here we sit, literally just 15 years since the launch of this device. And I think we'd all agree that it completely changed our world, didn't it? Maybe for the good, maybe not. But either way, Steve Jobs saw that world before it existed. And just like John Kennedy, just like Walt Disney, just like Steve Jobs, sometimes the dream outlives the dreamer. It lasts even beyond them. You know, I've heard it said everyone is born an original, but most people die a copy. You know how you prevent that from happening? You big dream big dreams. You imagine what a world would be like, and you don't see the obstacles, you don't see the barriers, you just see what would this preferred future look like and how we're going to go to it. And again, I would contend God gave that to human beings, and it uniquely sets us apart as different in our creation because that's what makes us human beings. But if you've ever had a dream, you might have faced the same challenges that these men have faced, or maybe I have faced as well. Maybe you've been told your dreams are impossible. Maybe you've been laughed at. Maybe you think, well, I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough education. I'm not pretty enough, whatever you want to think. You know, I had a dream when I was a little kid. I wanted to play third base for the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> Turns out I have no athletic ability at all, okay? But, but I, I waited for that call to come. But, but what were those dreams? See, when we were little kids, we had those dreams, didn't we? We could do anything. The world was, was full of possibilities, and somehow we lose that, don't we? Somehow adulthood beats those dreams out of us. But see, our dreams not only can change the world, our dreams can outlive us. 
Dreams are what makes us uniquely human. So in your Bibles, I want you to turn to Joshua chapter 1. I'm being real intentional about not saying if you have your Bibles, because I'm just going to assume if you love Jesus, you have a Bible, and you're going to bring it, of course. So turn in your Bibles if you don't have one. We actually have Bibles that we'd love to give you. If you're a guest, um, let us know. We'll get you one. You can also download version. It's a free app on any smartphone or device. We've been talking about this guy, Joshua. And last week, we really set it up. Again, if you missed it, go back and watch it. Kind of the, the story of Joshua. He was Moses' aide. He was a great military leader, but he was a, a spiritual leader of the country. He had, he had helped the nation for over 40 years of the wandering in the wilderness. And last week, we talked about God gave a charge to Mo, uh, Joshua. He said, my servant Moses is dead. Now you and all these people move forward. And now today, we're going to go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised to Moses. This was the dream that God gave to Joshua. But this dream of the promised land didn't start with Joshua. In fact, it didn't even start with Moses. It was over a 500-year-old promise that God had gave. I want you to go ahead and stay in Joshua chapter 1, but I'm going to go back to Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. And God came to a guy named Abraham, and he said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. At this time, Abraham had no kids, he had no land, and he was 75 years old. <laughs> Talk about a dream. I'm going to give you a land, I'm going to give you descendants. And God gave that dream to Abraham. And if you know the story, Abraham had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. And Jacob was facing a trial in his life, and God came to Jacob. And this is what he said, Genesis 28, 13. God said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Jacob would go on and have 12 sons. One of those sons was named Joseph. We've talked about Joseph in here before. Joseph would go down to Egypt. He would help save his family, and his family would come and join him down there. And in Genesis chapter 50, verse 24, God renewed this to Joseph. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. After the death of Joseph, there was 400 years of slavery, and we mentioned him last week. God raised up a guy named Moses. And in Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, then God said, I am the God of your father, Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, as we've said before, the promised land. Now, why do I walk you through all that? Because I want to help you understand the dream outlived the dreamer, didn't it? It started with Abraham when God said in Genesis 12, I'm going to give you this land. Then it went to Isaac. It went to Jacob. It went to Joseph. It went 400 years to Moses. And now God says to Joshua, again, Joshua 1 verse 3, I will give you Every place where your foot sets, as I promised to Moses. Skip down to verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And now here's the key verse. I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Joshua was about to fulfill the dream that God had given for over 500 years. And this brings us to Jordan River Rule number two. And if you got your note sheet, you want to write this down. Jordan River Rule number two is to dream big. Say it with me, church. Dream big. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? God just said to Joshua, every place where you set your foot, I will give to you. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. So let me ask you again, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? How big would you dream? If you knew the business you were about to start was going to be a sure thing moneymaker, what would you do? Would there be any expense you would pull back on? I don't think so. What if you knew that a certain someone you were interested in was also interested in you, and you were single at the time? We'll just want to clarify that, okay? <laughs> but, but you knew, you knew that you knew that this person was into you. Would, what wouldn't you do? Would you make that first move? Would you have the courage to go over there and talk to them about it if you knew? What if you knew the dream God gave you was going to outlive you? What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? See, that's what Joshua was told. God told Joshua, Joshua, dream big because I am with you. I am never going to forsake you. And let me just say it to you this way. I don't think sometimes we dream that big, do we? I think sometimes our dreams are limited. And here's what I want to say. The size of your dream determines the size of your God. The reason why we struggle with big dreams is because we think we have a little bitty God. But Joshua had a great big God, didn't he? A God of 500 years. See, the size of your dream will determine the size of your God. Let me give you some examples. I've heard people say, I'll never be debt-free, Pastor. It's just not possible. You just determine the size of your God. I'll never find someone who is going to love me. You just determine the size of your God. Pastor, I'm never going to be able to overcome this trial. It's just too big. It's just too great. You've just determined the size of your God. I'll never find that job that is my passion, that I just get up every day and want to be part of it. You just determine the size of your God. See, the size of your dream will determine the size of your God. And I serve a great big God. Amen? I serve the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and Joshua, who says, let's dream big. Jordan River rule number two, church, is what? Dream big. Dream big. Now, to which you might say, well, okay, pastor, but I, I have some crazy dreams. Are, are my dreams, are my dreams good dreams? And what is a good dream? Let's talk about that for a second. What are good dreams? Is it good for me? It benefits me. Does that make it a good dream? Well, what about a dream that benefits my family? Is that a good dream? Because, you know, I, I want to benefit my family. What if my dream benefits our community? What if, it, what if it makes our economy better? What if it's something like Walt Disney World where people go and they have fun and they enjoy it? Is that a good dream? What if my dream benefits society and makes things better? Is that a good dream? And everybody look right here. There's nothing wrong with those dreams, are there? Those are probably good dreams. But here's a fact of reality you need to understand. If we're going to really truly understand how big our God is, even good dreams can fail. Good dreams can fail. Let me unpack this for you. Nobody goes into a marriage thinking, I really hope this ends in divorce. <laughs> I hope that, you know, we'll be together for a while, and then I hope to go find somebody new that actually really makes me happy. Nobody thinks that when they go into marriage, do they? Nobody thinks, boy, I hope this job is like 
30 years of no promotion, and I get stuck in a dead-end job, and I never enjoy what I do. Boy, that's what I want to do when I grow up. Nobody dreams those dreams, do they? But yet it happens. Nobody hopes that, boy, I hope in my 40s I have zero retirement and I'm completely financially broke. Nobody has those dreams, but yet it happens. Nobody dreams that, oh, I pray that my kids will be far from God and do all kinds of horrible, awful things, but yet those things can happen. Now, why am I saying that? Because just because a dream is good doesn't mean it's going to come true. And good dreams sometimes fail, don't they? Even though we don't want to. So should we just stop dreaming? Should we just not, not go there because the hurt and the pain? Because that's what happens sometimes. We resist, we feel hurt, we feel pain, and we can stop dreaming. And it's because I think we miss something about dreams. It's very important. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, but I'm setting you up. So I want anybody to answer. Okay, just think in your loud. Don't, don't need to answer out loud. Or, but I want to ask you this. Was the dream that God gave Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, was that a good dream? Nobody answer that, okay? I'm setting you up. I'm going to contend it wasn't a good dream. You might say, why do you say that, Pastor? No, no, wait, what I'm going to say. It wasn't a good dream. It was a God dream. See, in the difference between a good dream and a God dream, good dreams can fail. We already said that. Even if you have a good dream, it can fail, but God dreams always come true. So now the most important question, okay, Pastor, now you got me. How do we determine a God dream? Is my dream a good dream, which necessarily isn't bad, right? Or is it a God dream? Because you know what I want, church? I want God dreams. Because God dreams never fail. So how can we determine, is it a God dream? If you got your notes, I'm going to give you two of these. And these are so important. You write these down. You're going to want to understand this. Is it a God dream? Here's the first one. Does it support his word? Does the dream that you have, is it a God dream? Is it supported by his word? Or is it more about my wishes and wants? See, if we're honest, sometimes our dreams are more about my wishes and my wants and my desires. But are those supported by God's word? Let me give you an example of this. Sometimes our dream might be, oh, I hope you know, I can move in with my boyfriend. That's not a God dream. Because that's not supported by his word. If you think, oh, you know, Pastor, I, I really want this, this, to, this venture to be successful, so in order to do so, I've got to work seven days a week. That's not a God dream. Because his word says you will honor his Sabbath and keep it holy. If you can't get it done in six days, it's not a God dream. It's one of your dreams. Is it support his word or my wishes? See, you might have a desire, and you might say, yeah, but in order to do this, I might, I might have to fudge the truth a little bit. I might have to kind of twist the numbers. I might have to lie a little bit. I might have to cheat a little bit. But the ends are going to outweigh the means, right, Pastor? No, they won't. That's not a God dream because it will never contradict what God's Word says. Look at what God says to Joshua in verse 8, and I think this is so important we understand this, church. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. To determine if your dream is a good dream or a God dream, you need to start with his word. And look at what he just said to Joshua, and I would say he says the same thing to you. You want to be prosperous? You want to be successful? It all starts with my word. Notice he didn't say, you know, read it in the morning, check that box, and just move on with your life. <laughs> Look at what he says again. I meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do everything written in it. 
That's not just a quick flyby. This is why we need to be in God's word, church. We need to understand what his word is saying. This is why we need to realize it, because it'll help us determine, are my dreams good dreams, or are they God dreams? Does it support his word, or is it more about my wishes and my wants? Here's the second one, and this is just as important. Does his word, does his word support the dream? Here's the second one. Does it build his kingdom? Is your dream a good dream or a God dream? If it's a God dream, it will build his kingdom, not my kingdom. Not my empire, not what I want to do. See, this was a big challenge for the nation of Israel. And and this is one of the reasons why the nation of Israel struggled. See, for some reason, the nation of Israel got distracted by the physical kingdom. And this is why some people struggle with the book of Joshua, but I don't. Because God was not just establishing a physical nation and kingdom when he established the promised land, the nation of Israel. God was establishing a spiritual kingdom. I can show you over and over again, even in the Old Testament, where God says, I am strategically putting you in this position so that the world, the nations may know that I am the Lord. You go back to Exodus, all those plagues. Why was God doing that? Every single time God said, because I want the Egyptians to know that I am God and Pharaoh is not. From the beginning, God has had a heart for people to be redeemed, to be restore that relationship to him. And that's about building the kingdom of God, not a physical kingdom. Let me take it a step further. If you look at the life of Jesus, those four dudes, who are they, church? Oh, that was weird. Okay, I said, I'll, I'll come back again. Who are the four dudes, church? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Very good. The four dudes, we call them. The four gospels of Jesus. If you look through all four of those and you add up the number one thing Jesus talked about and it's not even close, what do you think that is? It wasn't prayer. It wasn't faith. It wasn't hell and the devil. Do you know the number one thing Jesus talked about? It's not even close. The kingdom of God. Because God came not to establish a physical kingdom. Israel was distracted by the fact they thought that Jesus was the Messiah. In fact, the number one question that Jesus would get is, are you the Messiah? Because at that time, Israel had this idea that this guy would show up and he would kick out the Romans. He would reestablish this nation of Israel that Joshua set up. And we would take our rightful place in the nation and in the world because we are God's chosen people. And Jesus said, you missed the point. It's not about you. It's about his kingdom and my kingdom. The kingdom of God is not a physical kingdom because the kingdom of God is so that every man, woman, child, no matter race, creed, would come to know and serve him. When Jesus stood before Pilate, and I could give you lots of examples, but John 18, 36, Jesus stood before Pilate. He was being ready to be crucified, and this is what he said. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Jesus, God, in the nation of Israel, established a physical kingdom to build the spiritual kingdom of God, which will never end. And when Jesus was raised from the dead and the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost, God launched his kingdom on earth. That's why we pray it every week, church. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on as it is in. We want that now. That's the establishment of God's kingdom. So let me ask you a question. Does your dream build his kingdom or does it build your kingdom? 
Let, let me just get a little personal. When you make your financial decisions, are you thinking about financial decisions that build his kingdom or financial decisions that build your kingdom? When you look at your 401k and your IRAs, and please hear this, I think everybody should have a 401k. I think everyone should have an IRA. I think that's responsible, right? But is your decision more about your retirement or is it about his kingdom? Your businesses, the job that you work at, is it more about building your kingdom or is it about building his kingdom? Because if your dream, and it might be a good dream, but it might not be a God dream. God dreams will build his kingdom. And I'm going to say it one more time. God dreams can, I'm sorry, good dreams. Good dreams can fail, but God dreams will always come true. Church, when you have a God dream and you submit that to God, man, God can do some incredible, amazing things. Just as he did through Joshua when he established what God promised to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Joseph, to Moses. And through that kingdom that God established, out came Jesus, the Savior of the world. And church, I'm going to say it again. The size of your dream determines the size of your God. So when it comes to your dreams, is it a good dream or is it a God dream? Is it established in his word or is it your wants and wishes? Is it building his kingdom or is it building your kingdom? you got to decide which one it is. And throughout this series, what we're going to do is we're going to go back and we're going to unpack some things that happened in our church. And, and I'm using this as an example because I like to see we're moving forward, right? We're learning from our past, we're moving forward. I did this last week where I shared some things about our church history. If you were here, you'll remember these. If you're new to Celebrate, this is our story. This is how we became what we became. So I want to take you back to a moment of 2019. We're about the fall of 2019. So this is before what I shared last week happened. And at that time, we were about a year old as a church. So I just say we're like a little baby church, right? And God had done some pretty amazing things. Like our attendance numbers, our giving numbers for a one-year-old church were just looking really, really positive. And at that time, I mentioned it before, we were still at Minerva's. So we were loading a trailer, unloading a trailer. Everything we had, we'd pull out. We'd pack it up every week. Many of you were there during that time. This big cross right here, we would haul that in and out of the trailer every single week. How many held that, called that cross before? Okay, yeah. <laughs> you remember those days. And God was doing a work, and God was doing awesome. And, and remember that guy who was praying at the beginning, that video we watched, right? God was fulfilling that vision because we were about reaching lost people. And, and it came to the point where we were starting to have the conversation. Again, fall of 2019. We said, is it time for us to have a permanent location? And we, we explored that. Again, if you were here, you remember those days. And what you may not know is we actually had a, a physical location, fall of 2019. We had a lease in our hand. We had the finances to support this. We had the people to support that. And, and we had a conversation about, okay, is God doing this? But there was two problems we had, and I just couldn't get past these two problems. The first problem was the fact that, as I've said before multiple times over and over again, what's it going to be six days a week? If we're going to spend this much money and this much resources into a building, I can't do that and justify having it sit empty six days a week. So what's it going to be six days a week? We didn't have an answer to that question. But don't, don't miss this. That wasn't the problem. Because God could do anything, right? God could make something up. Here's what really did it. Here's what really flipped that moment for us as a church. I had a conversation with someone, and they said to me, you know, Pastor, I just want to get to a place where we can just flip on a light switch and walk in, and everything's ready to go. And I was like, whoa. We got to check that heart. 
And this is what I said, and this is the moment that I knew this was not going to happen. As I looked at that person, and I said, who's going to change the light bulbs? Because light bulbs still need to be changed, right? Who's going to take out the garbage? Because garbage still needs to be taken out, right? Who, who's going to clean the bathrooms, okay? Because bathrooms are still going to need to be cleaned, right? We can't just flip a switch, walk in. And, and this is what I said. I said, and guess what? It's not going to be me. Because God didn't call me to Yankton to change light bulbs, take out garbages, and clean bathrooms. See, here's where I'm going with this church. What we had to realize at that church at that moment, we weren't pursuing a building to build God's kingdom. We were pursuing a building for our own comfort. So we didn't have to set up and tear down anymore. And I'm like, that's not the right heart to do this. And as sure as I see you guys looking at me right now, God said to me, Jeff, this isn't right. You got to call it off. And I knew... That making that decision would not be a popular decision, okay? And, and I knew that. And if you were here, you remember back in November of 2019, we had a meeting at Minerva's. We called everybody together. I shared the same thing. I said the same vision. And, and we had some people that were not very happy, if you can say that. And just so you guys know this, uh, in January, uh, so that was November, December, January of 2020, 50% of our giving walked out the door. I don't care what size your church is. I don't care what size your income is. If you lose 50% of your income in one month, uh, that's not a good month. Everybody look right here. But it was a God month. And I don't always get this right, church. Please hear this. But in that situation, I did not flinch. Because I knew, as sure as I see you guys looking at me right now, that God said, listen, this is a good dream. It's not a God dream. We're not doing this. Our heart is not right to do this. You need to wait. You need to stop. Two months later, COVID-19 broke out across our country. And every church in America shut down. And we weren't alone. And what you may not know, again, this is just sharing our story so you guys can get caught up for those of you who weren't there. During that time, we had a lease agreement with Minerva's. They had so much money they could charge us every single week. For 19 weeks in 2020, we did not use the facility at Minerva's. They didn't charge us one single penny of our lease agreement. Do you think that was helpful during COVID-19? <laughs> yeah. Do you think God in his infinite wisdom maybe saw that coming ahead of time and said, hey, maybe we need to put the brakes on this whole building thing because this is something that's happening. You, know what I mean? you see where I'm going with this? Do you see the difference between a God dream and a good dream? And you see how God can be faithful in what he's doing? See, I didn't, God, I didn't let go of the dream. And if you remember from last week, another year later, here we are. <laughs> and six days a week, we're a restaurant, right? And, and look at what God's doing, amen? And, and I'm not saying that to disparage what happened. I'm just saying I want you to understand how God can do. God has dreams for us to do this. And here's the really funny part, and I was laughing about this, because remember what I said to that person? I said, listen, who's going to change the light bulbs? Who's going to take out the garbage? Who's going to clean the toilets? Remember that story, right? Here, here's the really funny part. In this building right now, Guess who changes the light bulbs, takes out the garbages, and cleans the toilets? <laughs> I do, right? Do you think God has a sense of humor? I think God has a huge sense of humor. Like, I think God is looking at us, laughing at it. But here's why I think that's awesome. Go back to my story at the beginning about NASA. I'm not cleaning toilets. I'm helping people meet Jesus. There is going to come a time, and I'm going to tell you, church, I think it's sooner than later where I'm no longer going to clean the toilets here at this church. And I'm going to hand that mop to somebody. I'm going to look in the eye, and I'm going to say, you are not mopping bathrooms right now. You're helping people meet Jesus. 
See the difference? If we can galvanize about putting a man on the moon, how much more important is building God's kingdom in Yankton, South Dakota? See, we can say to all the people that work in the kitchen, you're not making pizzas. You're helping people meet Jesus. You're not washing dishes. You're helping people meet Jesus. You're not serving tables. You're not wiping tables. You're not rocking babies. You're not singing worship. You're not doing production. You're not sweeping floors. You're helping people meet Jesus. But everybody look right here, church. It's going to be hard, and it's going to be expensive. Are you willing to pay the cost? Because I am. Now, I want to tell you, again, where we're going, where we're heading. And this is, this is really important that you're here, and I'm excited you're hearing about this. You may have noticed when you came in today, we had the chairs rearranged, okay? Now, some of you might think, Pastor, you're just doing that to tick me off. Well, that's just an added bonus that I get when I do stuff like that, okay? <laughs> There's a strategic purpose why we did that. Here's what you need to understand. When a building is 80% full, it's full. Just so you know that. If the, if, the, if the room seats 100 people, it doesn't seat 100 people. It seats 80 people. Because as soon as you get to 80 people, it feels full. Are you with me on this? Okay, so what we're saying is we're saying we want God to reach more people in our community. So we're going to be strategic about this. And I'm not going to get into the weeds of it. If you want more details, I'll give it to you. But basically, with this arrangement, the way we have it, with the area set up back there, we have room in here for about 125 people. Okay? And... What we would do then, once we get beyond 125 people, we would add a second service to make it 250. You with me on this? Without doing any major construction changes to this building, we have the capacity right now to reach 250 people every weekend for Jesus Christ. I believe God wants to do that in our community. That's not a good dream. That's a God dream. Because we want to build his kingdom. Amen, church? And that's what we're talking about. And so I wanted to share that with you. And I want to let you know, too, we've had a lot of conversations. And I'm not going to go here right now, but about what we can do with this building. There are options that we have. There's things that we can do. If you, you need to know more about that, we can talk. I want to let you know it's just talk right now. But, but one of the conversations we had is we talked about doing something, and it's going to be really expensive. <laughs> And I started laughing because here's the two reasons why I'm laughing. One, we don't have any money right now anyway, okay? So it's just dream, right? We can just dream. I don't care how much it costs. But the size of your dream determines the size of your God. Amen? What's God going to do with this? But here's why I'm telling you all of this. Don't miss this, church. We're not about a building. We're not about a physical kingdom because I don't want to go back to where we were before. Remember the danger zone we were in in 2019? We're not doing this for our comfort. We're not doing this for our sake. We're doing this to build God's kingdom because it's always about reaching people and helping people meet Jesus by living like Jesus. And I'm excited for what God's doing. And I'm going to go back to Joshua chapter 1, verse 3, one more time. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As it was with Moses, so I will be with you. And here's the key, church. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Let's dream big, church. Because I've got a big God. The size of your dream determines the size of your God. But we have to decide, is it a good dream or is it a God dream? What are we really living for? See, good dreams can fail, but God dreams will always, always come true. And I said it last week, and I'm going to hear me say it again. I want this dream to outlive me. 
I want the community of Yankton to have a place where it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done, you're welcome and you're wanted here. I want to build a place where we can employ people who maybe are unemployable, who maybe are broken and messy, and you can come here and get a job. Maybe we can help them get a place to live. Maybe we can help them establish those things. And oh, by the way, on Sunday morning, we close it down and we worship our God together. And we max out as much as we possibly can and we make as much room as we possibly can. Is it going to be difficult? Is it going to be expensive? Yes. I can't gloss over that fact, but I'm going to say it again. Nothing will be more impressive or important to mankind. It'll be difficult. It'll be expensive. But man, so is putting a guy on the moon. (laughs) How much more value is God's kingdom if we can come together and see this? Let's pray. God, I feel the exact same feeling right now that I felt last week. I feel very exposed. And I feel very vulnerable because what you had to share this week was a a big dream. And I thank you so much for the last five years and and all of the lessons that you've taught, God. And I thank you that you, you had to teach me that it's not about our comfort. It's about our calling. You had to lead me through a season where I'd be okay with people looking me in the eye and said, if you do this, I'm leaving and I'm taking my money with you and I can smile and say, we're sure going to miss you. That's not easy. It still hurts. But God, I know that your kingdom is so much bigger than that. And God, I know, I've seen how you've been faithful, and we talked about it last week, how you were so faithful with this building and how you provided it and all the cool things that already are happening. But God, I don't want cool things to happen. I want God things to happen. I want those God dreams that are based in your word, not our wants or wishes. I want those God dreams that are about your kingdom, not our kingdom. And I'm going to say it again. I don't want to lift up the name of Jeff Todd or celebrate church. I want to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. I want to fill these chairs because I talk to people all week long who are broken, who are hurting, who are lost. And we have the answer right here. And forgive me and forgive every one of us in this room, when we care more about our comfort, our safety, our plans, whatever it is, our dreams instead of your kingdom. God, I'm going to pray a bold prayer, and I pray that you would kill any dream that's not a God dream. I pray that you would end it in Jesus' name. Because all we want is God dreams that are based in your word, that are building your kingdom. And God, if as human beings we can accomplish literally putting a person on the moon, how much more can we accomplish by the power of your spirit in Yankton, South Dakota? How much more important are lives that are going to be changed? And I think about that kid that prayed at the beginning in that video, 2018, standing in a little tiny classroom at the Archery Center who had no clue (laughs) the beating he was about to take over the next five years. But God, you call us to move forward, and I look ahead at the pastor who's going to be standing here five years from now. Maybe it'll be me. Maybe it won't be me. 
whoever that person is who's shepherding this flock, God, I pray that we would plant those seeds. We would continue to build your kingdom. I ask that every place we set our foot, you would give us in Jesus' name. Not for our benefit, not for our glory, but for your kingdom. God, we know it's going to be expensive, but you already have it planned out. You already have it prepared, and we're going to give you the celebration. We're going to play this video on tape someday, five years from now, and we're going to talk about the glory of God that came about because of the faithfulness of the people who are here said, yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, it's going to be expensive, but you are worth it. And your dreams will never fail. And we claim the promise of Joshua that everywhere that we set our foot, you will give us that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us if we continue to stay in your word and stay about building your kingdom, not mine. God, I thank you so much and I praise you and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Yankton area, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. at 310 Walnut Street. You can also check out more content on our website, yankton.church, or our YouTube channel, at Celebrate Yankton. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to it and share with others. God bless.